0: I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to a few scriptures. We're going to look at two of them in Proverbs right now. Proverbs 17. And I just wanted to talk about all of us helping one another finish the task that God has given us in the earth before the return of the Lord. And so I just want us to be able to see something about how we can be yoke fellows together. And the Bible says in Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So I just want you to think about that for a minute. Um, It says that a friend loves at all times. A brother is born for adversity. And what he's telling us is this, that you're going to have friends in your life. And these friends in your life are intimate friends with you. They're going to be your friends all the time. Good times, bad times. They're just always going to be in your life. These are the people that you talk to maybe every day. These are the people that are calling on you and checking on you and doing things with you and going out to eat with you or having coffee with you. And these are the people that God puts in your life. And the Bible says that you might have two or three really close friends in your life. And if you do, you're very blessed. We have a lot of acquaintances, social media may make you think that you have thousands of friends, but you really don't, okay? So there's a few people in your life that are going to be really in your life. And these are the people calling on you all the time, hanging out with you, fellowshipping with you, loving you, want to know your story, want to know how your day was and all of that. But then there's going to be other people in your life that are not that acquainted with you. They're not that involved in your life. They're not calling you every day. Maybe they don't even call you every month. But they are brothers or sisters who are born for your adversity. And what that means is friends are always in your life. They're there every day in your life. But when calamity hits your life, you're going to find a family comes around you. And helps you. And so though they are not always there. They're there when trouble has hit you. And it's important for you to understand. that And and know this from the scriptures. You have a brother that is born for your adversity. Somebody has been created for your problem. To help you walk through it. And that is really beautiful. And so I just pray that you will find that in your life. And I pray that you will appreciate that in your life. Because what I've noticed is in this sensitive and emotional generation. That we tend to run our brothers off. Because they're not as involved with us as we want them to be. They're not calling on me as much as I want them to call on me. And therefore we build up walls and barricades because we fuss, we get offended, they weren't there, they didn't, you know, and all, they're not checking on me. But friends are doing that. And then when real trouble hits your life, we have blocked or barricaded these brothers that were created for me to really approach my life. Because of the offenses that I've had. So just appreciate what God gives you. And let them be able to function the way God wants them to function. Now, in chapter 25 of Proverbs, the Bible tells us this in verse 19. And it says, confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. So you're going to run into times of trouble in your life and you're going to think that there were people you could count on and you can't. When that trouble hits your life, they disappear. All right. Brothers don't. Brothers are going to be there. They may not were there for the last two months, but they're there now because you're in a time of adversity, but there are going to be people unfaithful. It says this, you know, and I believe it is accurate in that confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth, a foot out of joint. So, you know, that's just painful. That hurts. It really hurts. It's really wounding and it's hard to function because it's even in your time of trouble, if you have a broken tooth, that's about all you're feeling. If you have a foot out of joint, that's about all you're feeling. I mean, this unfaithful man has really eclipsed your adversity. They have become the bigger pain in your life. And so unfaithfulness is just simply that person in your life. You can count on me. I'll be there for you and all of this. And so you you don't know until trouble comes if you can really count on them. But they told you to. So you're wanting to. And now trouble comes and they bail on you. And that's difficult. And so I want you to understand, if we can, that Jesus is the one who is counting on us to be his faithful friends. Jesus is counting on us to be his faithful friends. And I want you to examine your heart. And I want us to examine and help each other. To be able to understand, am I an unfaithful friend to Jesus? And therefore I'm like a broken tooth to him or a foot out of joint. And if you understand the body of Christ, it's like compared to a human body and there's a foot and a hand. So am I a foot out of joint in the body of Christ, you know? Am I really there being faithful to Jesus in the times of adversity or even the times of his adversity or the body of Christ in that culture or in that generation? Am I there for him? Am I serving him there? Can he count on me in that moment? And so I think this is worth considering. And I believe it is something that we really must take to heart and also be in that to one another. Now, the last scripture that I want to read right now is Philippians 4. And Paul gives this instruction in the New Testament to believers. And he tells us in Philippians chapter 4 about being a yoke servant. And he says in verse 3, And I entreat you also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel. And I just want you to stop there. Because I want you to understand that Paul is able to count on, and I think this is interesting, true yoke fellows. True ones. Because as Proverbs says, there are unfaithful people who will not be true. So Paul is calling upon the true. And if you're bound to me and if you're joined to me, you can help me. By helping these women who labor with me in the gospel. I need you to concentrate on them. And I need you to help them. And I need you to support them. And so there is this yoking together. Jesus yokes us together in the body of Christ. And there's a work to be done. There is a task that is set before us as the church of Jesus Christ. We are not here. Especially those of us who believe in the rapture of the church as an imminent event. We're the last people on earth that are just sitting around waiting for Jesus to come. I mean, if you really believe that, you're going to really be diligent in the harvest field and in the work of God at the last days. And so there are multitudes in the body of Christ who know that there is work that must be done. They are willing for work to be done. And they are content that others will do the work. But the true yoke servant is going to help And take it upon themselves to make sure the task of Jesus Christ in that church, in that generation is done. I preached a couple of Wednesday nights ago. And I've said this often throughout my whole life. And I believe this to be true. The man of God in the earth today is the church. That is the man of God. And so that is the man we should be helping. If you want to help Jesus, help his church. Be a part of that and strengthen it so that it can accomplish all that he wants it to accomplish. Gibbon, who was a, a prolific but a profane historian, declared of the church when he was examining history in his day, he said, one of the chief causes of the progress of Christianity in earlier centuries was the unity and love that the early Christians had for one another. Their unity and their love for one another. And that was what he considered to be one of the remarkable progresses of Christianity in its day. There is a great disunity in Christianity today. There is a great divide. And the divide seems to be growing and it becomes larger and larger and larger. And would to God that we would be yoke servants who would come together in a time of affliction or a time of difficulty and really strengthen one another and really strengthen the cause of Jesus Christ. I want to help you accomplish your task. Now, we're not so familiar with the yoke and so forth like that, but basically what would happen is if you had a team of oxen, you would yoke them together. And yoking those oxen together, it would provide each one of them a greater strength and rhythm and ability to accomplish what would otherwise be a very difficult task for them to accomplish. One ox is great, two are better, but they're only better if they're yoked together. If you were to, you know, even if you saw a team of horses, you yoke those horses together. They're not running independently of one another. There is the yoke that goes across so that they all run at the same pace and they all pull with the same strength. And if one lags behind, the other one that's yoked to it is going to pull it up to par with it. And so that's what we do in Christ, that we're yoked together and we help one another accomplish the task. It's easier together. And if we begin to lag behind because we're yoked together, you're going to pull me. You're going to inspire me to come forward. We see this throughout the Bible. We see Jonathan and his armor bearer walking together, warring together, believing God together. We see David and his mighty men Peter and John who worked together even after the resurrection of Jesus. Paul and Timothy. Jesus and the twelve disciples. Moses and Joshua. Jesus depended on his converts to convert the nations. And continue what he started. And he depended upon them because he was going to yoke them together with a yoke called the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit would yoke us together and he would make sure that we walk together. Because if we were left on our own, we wouldn't do it. We're all unfaithful. And Jesus is the only one that is faithful. We're all the tooth that's broken and the foot out of joint apart from the Holy Spirit. And so it is the Holy Spirit that gives us this. So I want to talk to you about several ways this morning that I believe we can be yoke fellows together. We can be joined together and help one another. And the first way that I would say this is be an asset to the body of Christ, be an asset to people, if you will, by encouragement, encourage one another. To be able to walk together. Encourage one another in the race that they're in. Encourage one another in the ministry that they have been given. Oftentimes, some of the greatest works of Jesus Christ have been chilled. If not quenched just simply by the remarks that people could make in regards to what God was wanting to do in somebody else's life. One word of criticism is enough to kill a mountain of enthusiasm. Just one word. I mean, everybody can compliment you and one person speaks a negative comment about you and that's all you think about. You know, that's all you, because whatever reason we're, we're humans and we do that. And so just a little bit of, of, of criticism can squelch an enormous amount of enthusiasm and Christian zeal can begin to wane because of that. And the devil will do this soon enough. He doesn't really need your help. The Holy Spirit needs your help to bring encouragement and strength and help. Pastors have been discouraged because of the disagreement of a board. There has been disconnect and disunity in even families and husbands and wives and children that have stood against each other on a particular calling in God in their life. There have been young people who've wanted to go forth in faith and serve Jesus Christ only to have a family member say to them, you know, that you haven't been faithful. You're not good enough. I don't see that gift in your life. I don't see that calling in your life. And you don't pray enough. You don't follow Jesus enough at home. How are you going to do this out there? And a a missionary zeal or desire that in them is now quenched. Because maybe a family member unintentionally is bringing great discouragement into their life. And so we have to be very careful of what we do. Our encouragement can go a long way. We can put a lot of strength in people's lives. And we can help them. I believe there was an, uh, a fire in, well it was, there was a fire in New York. And if y'all have noticed, there's been a lack of, of public servants in New York due to the pandemic and COVID and so forth like that. An apartment building was on fire. And the, there was supposedly or believed to be a young child that was left up in the apartment building. And there was a fireman on his ladder trying to get in there. But the flames and the smoke were so horrific That he found it very difficult to enter into the building. Not even knowing if the building would sustain his weight if he entered into it. But the people on the ground and his fellow you know, firemen began to cheer him. Go, go, we believe in you, you can do this. And they just began to send him encouragement. And he was so inspired by everybody's dependence on him to go and do that. That he rushed into the building, went through the flames and came out with the young child. Whose life he saved. Because he received encouragement from somebody to do it. There would have been a number of people that said. Oh it's too hard. You can't do that. You may die. This may be difficult or whatever. But because there was encouragement. He was able to come out of that building. Saving the life of a young child. So encouragement. Be a yoke fellow with encouragement. And help one another to run this race. And to finish it for Jesus Christ. We are given a great task to do. I'm, I'm honestly grateful and thankful for the numbers of people in this church that are serving Jesus with all of their might I'm personally trying to serve him with all of my might I'm trying to run as hard and as fast as far as I can go for Jesus Christ and the call that he's given to us and, and, and the labor that he has put before us to edify the churches and to minister to one another and to bring encouragement in the body of Christ and to build up faith and where we're given the opportunity to do that we must do it with all of our might and warn people about the coming of Jesus Christ and to make sure that people are in the ark and they know God and God knows them. And so we're doing this with all of our might. And it's it's great to have encouragement. It's great to have support and strength in that. The other thing that I would say is this, help one another in regards to being in your place even when it's not fun. Being in your place even when it's not fun. And if you could picture the scene If, you know, it it may sound kind of silly or funny, but just try to picture the scene. If you had a team of oxen, you know, Elisha plowed with 12 yoke of oxen. So you can have a pretty good team of oxen there that are plowing. But just say you've got two oxen and one of the ox gets up that morning and he gets the plow put on his back. And he's ready to go plow this field and he's got a lot of work to do today. And the other ox doesn't show up. And I mean, just if you could personalize it or humanize it a little bit. And that ox is just like, man, I've got so much to do today and they're not even here. I need them. Why why aren't they here? What is going on? And the other ox just said, well, I had some family come visit and I just wasn't able to be there. or I'm too tired or I got too much that's going on. And I just didn't feel like it. today. it's like, but I was counting on you. We had so much to accomplish today. And I just say it in our life as Christians. Be in your place that God has called you to be. Be in the place that God has called you to be. Serve the Lord in the place that God has called you to serve him. When it's fun and when it's not fun. When it's easy and when it's hard. When it's exciting and when it's boring. It really doesn't matter. You're not serving God because of the emotional things in it. You're serving God because you love him. And he's the king. And he's asked you to serve him. I remember reading a story of one of the old missionaries and had he not had this attitude in him, you probably would have never heard of him. And some of you still probably haven't ever heard of him, but his name is Andrew Milne. And he had a desire to go to Asia to be a missionary. And so he went before the mission board and he he did everything he was supposed to do to be accepted as a missionary, but he was rejected. And they just said, you're not qualified to be a missionary. You're not the candidate that we're looking for. You don't have the skills that we want. And so we're not going to send you into the mission field. Now, most people by... By the overwhelming majority, if they were rejected by a mission board, they would probably quit going to church, you know. Oh, you offended me. I can't believe I was rejected. The church hurt me. I hate the church. All, yada, yada yada. All it goes on. Which is only the proof in the pudding that you really weren't called to do this. You know, but there's so much offensive, but not Andrew Milne. What, what happened to him was he he went back to the mission board and he said, "I understand that I'm not the candidate, I'm not the missionary you're looking for, but can I be the servant?" that you may be looking for they said what do you mean and he said well you have a missionary in asia named robert morrison and if i could i would just like to go and serve him i'll I'll shine his shoes i'll carry his books i'll take care of his needs and, and and you won't have ever have a problem with me just let me go be a servant and they said yeah you can do that go and be a servant And so he went and he served Robert Morrison and and he didn't go for any type of glory or credit or anything. He just went to serve and it wasn't easy and it wasn't fun and he wasn't getting the recognition that a lot of people were getting until his servant heart and his Christ-like demeanor actually caused him to be recognized second to none as one of the greatest missionaries that ever served Jesus Christ in Southeast Asia. And he's very famous and very known, even in those parts of the world. But he went there as a servant. And even though he was rejected and that wasn't fun. And even though he was passed over and that wasn't easy. And even though he went as a servant and he didn't get all of the attention. And there's a lot of boring days. He just stayed in his place and he consen- continued to serve the Lord. And I just ask you to really please consider and serve the Lord to the very end. Be this person. Do that. Be a person who has a strong Holy Ghost zeal for the Lord. That whether you're understood or misunderstood it doesn't matter. That if you're offended or overlooked, it really doesn't matter. Be the kind of person that can work in harmony and unity with other people. Even though there might be some disagreements and some discrepancies at a, as a, at a particular path that you may be taking or somebody else may be taken. Oh, David, I really love you. But, you know, this general that you've got, I really don't like him. And I, though I love you, I can't work with you, David. And thank God those mighty men were not like that. And they served David, even though there were people in the group they didn't get along well with. They were committed to the task and the anointing that was on David's life. The next thing that I would say is help one another in prayer. Help one another in prayer. And I wanted to read out of Second Thessalonians chapter 3. I wanted to read a passage of scripture from the Amplified Bible. Which brings this out in a, in a really beautiful way. 2 Thessalonians 3 and I'm beginning in verse 1. And Paul writes this and he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, pray continually for us. That the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be honored. Which means to be triumphantly celebrated and glorified just as it was with you, isn't that amazing? Here's the apostle. Pray and ask in the church, brothers and sisters. Pray continually. So I ask you: Are you a faithful friend? Are you a faithful friend to missionaries? Are you a faithful friend to preachers? Are you a faithful friend to teachers? Are you a faithful friend to the gospel that's going out into the world? By realizing, because honestly, even though Paul penned it, who wrote it? The Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is appealing to the church of Jesus Christ for continual prayer for this purpose that the Lord, that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be triumphantly celebrated and glorified. And the Holy Spirit is asking the man of God in the earth who is the church, pray with me about this. Because if we do this, then instead of the gospel being rejected by the multitudes, it could be received by the multitudes. Your prayers count as much as the people that are out there preaching. And pray that we will be rescued from perverse and evil men. For not everyone has the faith. Pray for that too. So so not only do your prayers affect the success of the gospel... But your prayers also protect those who are preaching the gospel. And therefore, it should be a delight for us to pray. The Bible says pray without ceasing. And so it should be a delight for us to do that. And the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you. That's where you get your strength to do it. And will protect and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you that you are doing and will do and will continue to do the things which we command. And may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness and patience of Jesus Christ. We have confidence in the Lord to do that. And so it is a beautiful thing that the apostle is saying to them. And, And this tells me that I have an opportunity to be a fellow yoke person. With missions and missionaries and preachers and teachers and those that are spreading the gospel. If, you know, if, if people are going out to the international dinners at LSU and I, and I can't go out or Danielle's doing a live a five event and, and I can't go out there, I can be praying during that time and I can pray, God, let the gospel of Jesus be celebrated among the people. God, let people just be captivated. Don't let them walk past. Let them have to stop and turn around and and engage in conversations. Protect them, God, from evil. And I can do that, right? And and so it's exciting to be able to do it. And I know in our church, I know the people that are going in outreach. I have a list in my prayer journal of all the outreaches that we have almost every day of the week. We have outreaches and Bible studies and Bible study teachers. And I have a list and I'm praying for them. I want to be faithful to them. I want to lift them up to the Lord. And it's a tremendous honor and, and, and pleasure for us to be able to do that. I've talked enough on Wednesday nights. I don't know if you were there or heard it, but I I encourage you to listen to the messages that we are made kings and priests unto God through Jesus Christ. And this is what we're called to do. And so we have authority in the earth when we pray. There is incredible power that is going on. And so I will say the next point, but it kind of goes with that one. But be a fellow yoke person by protecting one another. And we do that through our prayers as well. But I want to say it in this way. Protect one another by encouraging each other to have the mind of Christ. Because it's so easy to sink into despair. It is so easy to give up. It is so easy to feel like your labor is of no, no purpose. There's no fruit in it. It just I'm so tired. I'm so weary. And to come along as a fellow yoke servant. Like you're tied to them with a yoke. And you're saying come on. Let's continue to plow. If If we don't faint we will bear fruit. Blessed are those that go forth weeping and sowing. Because they will bear fruit later. Come on let's do it. Let's just go forth in that. And protect each other from the depression that Satan will bring. Fight for one another. Don't fight one another, but fight for one another. Help one another. Build one another up. Be careful to not box God in, even in somebody else's life. Well, I've never seen anybody do that, so I just don't believe it'll ever be done. Well, wait a minute. There's a lot of things people never saw God do until they did it. You know, nobody ever saw a shadow fall on somebody and they were healed or delivered from a devil or cured of a sickness, but Peter did. You know they saw that nobody ever sent handkerchiefs out to the sick where the apostles prayed over them and then sent them out by in that day through people in this day, maybe through mail and and we would think that's just absurd you're going to pray over a handkerchief and send it out, and somebody's going to be healed of that. That's so absurd, but they did it in the book of Acts because the Lord led them to do that, so don't box God in to your tradition or your religion or your way. But encourage one another, you know, well, the young people are so different than us. Praise God. And the young people say the older people are so different than us. Praise God. We need both. We need all of it. So for the diversity that's in the body of Christ and the beauty that's in the body of Christ. And the next thing is I would do this really give strength to one another. Stand with one another. Be united with one another. And if I can, I just want to read 1 Peter chapter 3. And I wanted to read verse 8 through 10. And he says, finally, be ye all of one mind. Have compassion or have feelings for one another. Love as brothers. Be pitiful. Be sympathetic. Have a tender heart. Be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing but contrary wise blessing knowing that you are there unto called that you should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil in his lips that they speak no guile. Why is he saying this? Love his brothers and be pitiful and be courteous. Because Peter knows in the body of Christ it's going to get tough. And there are going to be people who rail you. And they're gonna be people who are angry with you. And they're gonna be people who offend you. And they're gonna be people who allow harmful or wrong things to come out of their mouth towards you. And when that happens, don't be like that. Don't you become that. Diffuse that in the body of Christ. And love one another and be sympathetic and have kindness to one another. And don't have a hard heart towards one another. If we're being rebuked or we're being corrected or we're being chastened or whatever it might be. Our natural tendency is to fight back or harden up. But Peter says not to be that way. Help the body of Christ. Help the man of God in the earth which is the church. And be of one heart and one mind. Don't break the spirit of unity. Don't break the word of God. Don't hinder the good things that God is doing. If you want to enjoy life. Verse 10 right. If you want to enjoy life. Look at verse 10. And you want to see good days. If I could put it in our vernacular. Keep your mouth shut. Be careful what you say. Be careful how you say it. Just be careful with that and make sure that when you do speak, you don't speak guile. Just be careful with that. A bitterness, a a word that digs, a word that I want to cut. I want to harm you with this or I want to harm you or I want to put you in your place. And so I'm going to say this word. Be careful. You can do it, but you don't have to have a happy life. All right. And that's what he tells us there. And so stand with one another. Be focused upon things. Many people see the problems. The pure in heart see God. And that's what they focus on. I'm focusing on what God is doing. I don't want to focus on what is wrong. Because it doesn't mean that I don't want to know what is wrong. But I want my focus to be on what God is doing. Because what is wrong the Holy Ghost will correct. Correct. And maybe he will use me to correct that. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll use somebody else. But I want to help where I see God working and what I see God doing. So when I see something in somebody's life, and I see something that's really messed up in somebody's life, it doesn't mean that I ignore that. It doesn't mean that I just pass that over. I don't want to deal with that, you know. But it means this. Before, I'm just going to jump into that life with the problems that are very obvious I want to pray and I want to seek God so that God, what are you doing in this life? I don't want to just see what the devil's doing in this life. What are you doing in this life? And I want to come into that life on the ground of what you're doing. And God, if we can celebrate what you're doing in that life and grace begins to work in that life, then you will defeat what Satan's doing in that life. But if I just run into that life, oh, you're wrong and this is wrong and that's bad and all. It, 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 what does Proverbs say? An offended brother is harder to be one than a well-guarded city. And, and, and things just break down at that point. The pure in heart see God. Let us be a place where people can know I'm born for your adversity. And help other people. Fulfill their calling and their task in God. I don't have time to read it. But Romans 10 says this. He says that there are people. That don't know. The gospel of Jesus Christ. And they're not saved. And they have to call upon his name to be saved. But how will they know him. If there are not people who are sent to him. And people that are sent to preach. And so not everybody is called to go. But we're all called to participate. Whether it is in the going or whether it is in the sending, we are all called to do something. We're all called to help. Now, you're a part of a wonderful church that takes missions very seriously, that takes the gospel very seriously, takes the kingdom of God very seriously. We want to see men saved. We want to see men come To the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And born again and filled with the spirit of God. These flags are not just you know gimmicks there. We're involved in these nations of the world. On a month to month basis. And so we're actually out there. We're in our communities and it's growing and it's growing and it's growing in our communities. But all of this stuff takes money. It takes money to stuff testimony bags and print paper and put somebody's testimony and buy the little bags and put a little, few little snacks in there, or treats in there and hand them out to college students. Those things aren't free. We can't go to the Dollar General or something and say, hey, we're doing an outreach at LSU. Would you give us free donations? Sure, whatever you need. No, we have to purchase that. We have to buy Bibles and put them in the bags and take them out. International dinners cost money. You know, it's it's these things, This this young adults, young couples retreat that they just had this weekend. It costs money to do stuff like that. But we believe in the value of it. And so we don't all go out and do that, but we can all help somebody go do it. Thank you, Wendy, for going out to LSU. I can't go out there myself, but thank you. And I want to make sure you have everything you need to do it. And I want to protect you and I want to pray for you and I want to pray for open doors for you. And it's just the body coming together like that. And so I ask you as I close today, how's it going with Jesus? How's it going with your friend? That you promised and said to him. Count on me. How's it going? Are you a broken tooth? Foot out of joint? You don't pray? You don't tithe? You don't help people go? You don't go? You're only around when it's exciting. But if it's boring or you're tired. Or you got other things. that, Then that's what we're going to do. It's just questions. I'm not trying to condemn you with any of that it's just questions to ask yourself how are you doing how are you doing with the body of christ which is the man of god in the earth how are you doing with that man that's the man of christ in the earth how are you doing with him can he count on you Are you faithful are you in your place are you serving Are the gifts of the spirit coming through your life to help one another and what a great privilege it is isn't it to serve jesus what a great privilege What a great privilege. If Jesus were on the earth today in the flesh, I think we would all say, I would love to be his disciple. Well, I feel like I would like to say that. I would love to be his disciple. I would love to be close to him. I would love to be intimate with him. But he's not on the earth today. But he is in you. And so if I really want to be close to him, I can be close to you. And I can serve you. And I can help you. And I can make sure you have what you need. To do what God's asking you to do. And that's the beauty of the church. And when we all do it. If we could all help that man. Plow through this earth. Imagine the difference. That would be made. Instead of the darkness. Blanketing the nation. Instead of the increase of Marxism. And confusion. And the. People calling things that are foolish, wise and wise, foolish. Imagine what it would be like if that church walked as one man. Yoked together in this earth by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no power on earth that could stand against us. No power on earth. You know. But even now. You can sense it. You have your own opinions. I hear you pastor. I hear you, but I've got my own opinions about this. And nobody can change that. So that's why I bring it back to this. How is your friend Jesus doing who's counting on you? Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would have everything you want with our life and I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because who could be faithful? Who could be faithful to this task? We need your grace. We need your power. We thank you for the privilege. We love you. And we love your people. Help us to grow in that love. And mature in that love. So that you would have the glory in the earth. That you desire to have. Help us to walk faithfully to you Lord. Help us to be a brother born for adversity. A brother born to you. Because the Bible says that you, Jesus, are our brother. That makes us your brothers through the new birth. And we are born for your adversity. We also desire to be your constant friends. We love you. Bless this day. Bless the people. Give them a vision and an upward calling. In Jesus' name. We're just going to take a moment in worship. And if there's a conviction in your heart or a conviction in your life about your friend Jesus what he's counting on you to do and how you're doing it and you just need to talk to him and you need to make some things right with him take this time and do it he's not against you but i believe he would want a broken tooth healed a foot out of joint put back in place devoted to his cause devoted to him devoted to him